he had heart surgery. It was an intentional thing, but there were complications afterwards and, and he died. It's too bad. He was only 61. Wow. He came to Hollywood and he like went to the like Roger Corman lot and joined it as some low level nothing. Next thing you know, Corman's putting him in stuff. We saw him in Brain Dead. Right, sure. That and that actually had Bill Pullman as well. It was the Bill Jackson movie. Yeah, um, he Trespass. I remember. I don't know if you ever saw Dark Backwards with uh, directed by the guy who did Never on Tuesday. He's in that. He's kind of crazy in that movie. False move ninety two. Why up? Wyatt Earp's naive young brother in Tombstone, 93. One of three astronauts in Apollo 11, was that right? He, Apollo 13? He sure. Was in Apollo 13? I, I haven't had a chance yeah. to see that movie yet. You haven't seen Apollo 13? Well, let me ruin it for you. They don't get back. They die before they God come damn back. damn it. Yeah, they run out of oxygen. It's so simple. I watched the first 12 Apollo movies only for you to ruin it. I blame Kevin Bacon. He didn't click the toggle switch. Listen, man, I watched Apollo Apollo 2, Apollo 3, Apollo 4, Apollo oh, 5. Yeah. I was really looking forward to sit down for Apollo, Apollo 6, the sequel. Apollo yeah. 7, the trilogy continues. The trilogy, yeah. The okay. new trilogy. You see this lady here? He's sure. going to buy it. He's going to die. You see, he goes to the cops and like, there's a vagrant. They come, they say, you. he goes, well, he was pissing in the bushes. They're like, pissing in the bushes. That we could make stick. So they go to the neighbor. <laughs> oh. There we go. Cops on patrol. I heard vague, I heard vagrants. You heard bacon? I heard vagrants. Now, I remember the one time you let me be a vagrant in your backyard for that night I slept over, but you were like, no hobo. That's you right. No hobo. Night, We're no best hobo. friends, Carl, but no hobo. Yeah, <laughs> look, he's mad. The big oh, mad. He's going to come back. Fortunately, he's hiding behind a tree. The vagrant is Marshall Bell. He was in Nightmare on Elm Street 2. He was in Stand By Me, Twins, Total Recall, Starship Troopers. He's, he's for real. Okay, now here's a character actor. You've seen him in a million things. Do you recognize him? Stuart uh, Tankin is his name. Yeah, yeah, sure, of course. He's a isn't he a Broadway actor? Um, no, I think it's no, Bobby. I don't think so. I think it's a Manny Patankin. Uh, Hollywood Nights, uh, Fatal Attraction. He's like a character actor. Arachnophobia, Mannequin Two. Wait, wait, did he play the spider in that? Was he the mannequin as well, too? <laughs> he played the arachnid in arachnophobia. Yeah. And he was I was scared. spider number seven, got my SAG card. <laughs> He's a, he was a self-hating spider. Um, right. He was yeah, Honey, We Shrunk Ourselves. You've just seen him in a million things. Have you seen Honey, I, should I watch Honey, We Shrunk Ourselves? I don't think I saw it. <laughs> I never saw the Honey, I, the kids. You never saw Honey, I Shrunk the Kids? No, I never saw Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Well, you should see it. I wouldn't say stop what you're doing right now and go see it, but... No, no, I'm, I'm in vagrant country right now. There's this real funny scene in which this ant dies, right? Now, he's he's as large as life. You know, they're little, they're miniature, and they're right. he the ant was his friend, right? Throughout the film, when the ant dies, it's kind of a sad scene. Or so they hoped, Right. The audience I was watching it in, in Montclair, in the Clarence Theater, 
Oh yeah, of course. The entire audience laughed their asses off when they were mourning the aunt. <laughs> was it a matinee show with the kids, or was it the adults? No, it was. It, yeah, it was night. It was adult. Or I, I don't know what it was, but it was the the night show. Love it. I know because it was dark in there. Okay, so this is boring. A girlfriend's coming. That's all, and it's sort of like, dare I say the L word? It's like a very stiff. You know, they don't know each other too well, girlfriend. Oh, what's that? What's that? Is that a vagrant? You vagrant. <laughs> That's what that was. The French release was titled Vagrant. Is Colleen Camp ever going to show up in this movie again? Yeah, yeah, she will. Okay. So I guess, I don't know. There's not much else interesting about Bill Paxton except his ambition to get with Roger Corman, and he became a star. I mean, he he did music. I wasn't very impressed. It was a band yeah. called Teeny Ranch. Um, he he's more like he's in so many classic movies. Like he just yeah. nails it, and it's a different variety of stuff, you know. So, I mean, The but Dark Backwards. He was crazy in that movie. Which one? The Dark Backwards with uh, Judd Nelson. Yeah, I said I, I said I saw that, but I think I just was confusing that with that place in Stranger Things. Uh, maybe I haven't seen that film. Hey, <laughs> look, you see, that's hey, whoa! And look, you don't that's think that's, representing that's, blood, even though it's not blood. This is slapstick, a la Home Alone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a la Buster Keaton. No, this is not slapstick, a la Home Alone. Yeah, oh. he's like a wet bandit. No, he he didn't get, fall for a trap. He had a clumsy accident. He's Buster Keaton. Okay, so this is like the movie Mousetrap, where like everything's a Rube Goldberg uh, con has no! Rube Goldbergian consequences. No, he flipped over the table. Okay, is this interesting? Okay, I, I think this is a crazy person, but he learned to speak German to prepare for his role in Pat Benatar's music video what? "Shadows of the Night." Wait a minute. He learned a foreign language to be for in three and a half minutes. He doesn't. Does he speak German in the music? When do they talk in that Benatar movie? <laughs> this it's a music one, video. You don't talk. I mean, unless you're like, uh, look. Usually, you ordered a nugget that. like that would be like ten pages into Google, but on his IMDb trivia, that's listed. I don't know what it means. He, so the trivia is, oh, here's another trivia fact. I learned German to be in a Pat Benatar music video. Right. Does he speak? It's a music video. If they do talking, like uh, the Daft Punk music video where the guy talks over, it's not going to be, I don't know, how much German do you need to know? You're an actor. You could just recite it. Of course. Look at Jimmy Olsen. He's like, Hey, I know you. I sued you for sixty grand for fucking up my roof. He goes, Ah, yeah, I got one of those faces. <laughs> hey, the movie's well directed, I think. I mean, everything's kind of composed nicely, and well, you know, a lot of symmetry. They're always in the, you know. See, the thing is, you're right, but it's weird. This guy's not a director. He's only directed three things, and one was a TV show. Mm. This guy was like a special effects guy, and he was he won an Academy Award. Like I said, they let him direct The Fly Two. That was his debut. Oh, that's what I was going to look up. I wanted to see who starred in The Fly Two. Okay, he did um, makeup artist special effects. 
He's well known for his creation of the Gremlins. <gasps> yeah. Did he make uh, Stripe or the other one? What's the other one? Googly Eye? Howie? Howie Mandel? He's I'm partially Mandel. responsible for the, creating Gizmo. the famous sequence in Raiders of the Lost Ark where the na Nazis melt. That wasn't that famous. Did, was he the guy who came up with the uh, pushing a uh, box down a uh, warehouse? That was really that. I don't know how they did that. Those were his special effects on Gremlins. Oh, he so he's got a fence and he's got himself. Oh, some... Yes, the vagrant has scared him and he is invested in security. The vagrant's not coming in. So this is not going to. This is like Brendan Fraser. Do you remember Naked Lunch, William S. Burroughs' film? I saw it. Those weirdo faces, he did that. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty good. That's a really weird movie, so yeah, for sure. So that makes him a director? It's Here's not that he's... Friend. She's in from Boston. This is all Phoenix, Arizona, by the way. All Phoenix, Arizona. So they must have they must have got a real house, obviously, or they must have built one or something. Oh yeah, you know, I grew up in uh, Phoenix, and I know that this is Forty West Cambridge Avenue. Oh, as a native uh, Phoenixian, Phoenixian, we say Phoenixian, Phoenixian. In, in back in back in AZ, that's what we call it. We say I Phoenixian. Remember you, do you remember your your Phoenix high school uh, high school cheer? Ah, I'm on fire. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a bird uh, caught on fire. Help me. Why am I, on fire? I come for the ashes. I'm going back into the ashes. I'm on fire. God damn it. That was the name of our high school literary magazine in Montclair High. I was the editor for the Phoenix. <laughs> uh, no, but that was rising from the ashes. Uh, this shit is ashes. Okay, so now the girlfriend's here, and she's like, oh, you're waiting for me to help you decorate. And he's like, I'm a little fucking poor right now. And she goes, you have a credit card, don't you? He's like, okay. Yeah, I see where that's heading. So now there's a the project. He's like, everyone's in the center. All the action is always in the middle, and then you got left and right, uh -huh. you know, a stereo to look at and a lamp to look at. The guy's directing. It's a well-shot piece, and even this shot and everything. But our print is pretty bad, right? Oh my God! Especially blown up on my television set. <laughs> so it's blotchy. It, yeah, it's blotchy, like Vaseline and crap. This was shot in forty-five days. Not impressive. Now, something weird happened that I don't understand because I didn't research it. This film, it cost them nine and a half million dollars, and they made a net profit of five thousand nine hundred dollars. Say that again, please, for in case our audience didn't hear this. Yes, they grow. They released in only eight theaters. Their opening <laughs> weekend was forty three hundred dollars, and they worldwide, which meant U.S. and Canada, five thousand nine hundred dollars box office. Why? No, honestly, have you ever seen a video box for this movie? I can't. I never heard of it. I heard about this only on the Facebook page. Was on, it only on the internet for researching yeah. this film? And it's Home Alone too. I like. I'm on a bunch of bad movie uh, Facebook posts, and someone a couple months ago mentioned this movie, and I was uh -huh. like, "Oh, I never! I never even heard of it." So the thing is, he just dreamed of the vagrant. So you're starting to realize, like, this is all in his head. You know, no. like nobody else has ever actually seen the vagrant. Didn't and... a neighbor complain about the vagrant? 
nope. They went over to say, did you see this vagrant pissing in the bushes? And she's like, I haven't seen a vagrant. Who, who did they put in the cop car? What's that? Who did, who did they put in the cop car? The vagrant. All a dream. I don't know how to explain it, Mike. I'm telling you, the, the director of this film or the writer, whatever it is, is leading us in the direction where it's all in his head. Nobody else has ever seen the vagrant. I, and, I, I know that they have, but like he fantasizes about him. He sees visions. Later on, he'll see like Colin Camp appear out of nowhere. The vagrant didn't right. do that. He'll see the neighbor who died appear out of nowhere. The vagrant didn't do that. Wow. Well, there's a little shirtless Bill Paxton from the 90s for you. <laughs> Making love to his girlfriend. This is, Hi, I have this program. You've seen me on Seinfeld. Oh, right. I've seen him on Monopoly. <laughs> the boss is now lying. Like, um, like Krakowski's Lithuanian, too. You know, a guy he's trying to sign yeah. the deal with. Oh, so now he'll say the Czechoslovakian. Now he'll say a phrase in Czechoslovakian like, I forget what it what the joke was. Um, it's like, well, we'll see it in a minute. Yeah. Let me turn it up. Okay. Oh, thank you, sir. <laughs> Oh, that's some uh, Czechoslovakian. <laughs> so he did it. How? How? How did he do it? He goes, what did he say? Wow, everyone's impressed. Let's see what he says. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Wash your hands after you go to the bathroom. It's really <laughs> weird. It's inexplicable how he knew Czech, but this is a comedy. Well, well you know, sometimes sometimes the wash your hand, please wash your hands are in different languages. You know, right. America. Oh, so that's maybe how he knew it from a sign? Yeah, because he saw like, you know, wash your hands yeah. in English and in Spanish. Yeah, in Lodi, New Jersey, I went to a gas station. It was in English, <laughs> Spanish, and Czechless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. and you recognized all three. Now look, here is balloons and a heart-shaped box to celebrate his promotion. But the neighbor's dead. Oh, neighbor's always like killing my party. What a... That's the old lady. Yeah. Is he going to be a suspect in this movie? Oh yeah. With the vagrant is like only in his head, according the to the people. Vagrant is in real life, but throughout a large chunk of this film, and I'll just put it out as it happens, it's in his head. He's going crazy. He tries better than I do. Whoa, good pratfall, dude. That was a jack flipper. Yeah. Look, it's the real life vagrant. So he does have a problem. The guy's here. Yeah. Mm hmm. He's going to go upstairs and go to – I'll show you when the vagrant's fake. Most of the time, he's – lots. it's half and half. 
He's gonna go upstairs to call uh to his girlfriend and be like, "There's a he's he's like that's a nice homeless man I let in to have a sandwich." He goes, "Are you crazy? I spent all this money in security." <laughs> oh no, who's in the shower? Well, it's her. He finds out. Oh damn, blurry. Excuse me, Graham. Jesus, Graham. You know what's depressing? This is the 4K cut of this movie. <laughs> yeah. That's what shower scene you're gonna see. This is the best uh, 1992 is gonna give you. Now 1992 for us, that's like yesterday when it comes to movie selection. Yeah, I really think so. Definitely for you. I mean, like for years you were all over the 60s, right? You know. Right. Yeah, I could get out. Yeah. And also, you were always about those 80s films, the, the B film, you know, like like four of them would release, so we'd see the fourth, what am I trying to say, private school, and I forget yeah. the examples, but... We, we watched the trilogy of them, I think. Uh, well, you guys could check it out, of course, on mutinyradio.fm on our archive page, and uh, just pick an episode and listen. Yeah. Yeah, Thanks, see if it's 60s or 80s. Yeah, just pick a date as if you have any context. You don't know what the fuck you're getting. Yeah. Our, our, like all Mutiny Radio shows, we're listed by the day of broadcast. Just go to YouTube. Go to the YouTube channel. Go to the YouTube channel. Okay, here comes Michael Ironside. He's the Whoa. detective looking up, the investigating the murder across the street. His name is Lieutenant Ralph Barfus. Michael Ironside, speaking of like movies from different decades, as he grows older, he's just cooler and cooler. You know yeah, what I mean? That's like, true, yeah. we saw him, but we never did in Highballing. Hi, oh, the trucker movie. Highballing was an early role for him, but I swear to God, I saw that movie four times. I never saw him. Right. What was the TV show, Ironside? That was. Raymond Burr in a wheelchair. I think he was a police detective. And the BC Boy line was walking around town like a Raymond Burr. <laughs> was it? Because you're yeah. not walking if you're a Raymond Burr. He's Raymond Burr, not the Ironside. Right. He could have been Perry Mason walking around. Yeah, probably Perry Mason. You're right. Look at him. He looks good. He's young okay. here. Right. He is young here. Well, um, okay, so let's see. Where is he, Michael Ironside? Come on now. Come on come now. On. We know Michael Ironside. I just saw him in, like, the... Here he is. Scanners, right? Top yeah. Gun, Starship Troopers, Total Recall. Total Recall with the Vagrant guy. Right, of course. Was he in RoboCop? No. That thing Kurt... right up his alley, but I don't think he was. No, that I'm thinking of Kurt Smith. Point. I get him and that that 70s guy uh, mixed up. He, you know the father on the red on that 70s show? Yeah, that guy. Yeah, I know exactly who you're talking about. He was in uh, the Terminal, term, um, the Mars movie with uh, Schwarzenegger. He was really good. Totally. In that. Wait a minute. So this is great. These are all character actors, including Bill Paxton. That people I get mixed up for other people. We get mixed up for other people. That Wait, Bill Pullman, right? It was that... RoboCop he was in, and he was excellent in. Yeah. It. Okay, so, so Michael Ironside and Haywood Smith, if I, or whatever his name is, I do get mixed up so just mixed as much as I got Bill Pullman Paxton and Bill Paxton. Pullman. 
Now, what's happening now is the girlfriend is sort of like on the side of the cop, like you're overreacting about the vagrant, you're, you know, you're accusing him of killing the woman across the street and you have no evidence, this kind of thing. Does he? So, yeah. Now, the girlfriend is very disappointed in Bill Paxton, who just paraded in, interrupted her shower, criticized her good work of charity. You know, he's like on the outs with her now. Oh, I love when the news, local news, shows uh, people <laughs> that body is being put in the morgue. Right. Did yeah. you see the cop eating? Yeah. Now, this is because of the movie. They showed yeah. the, they showed the body with the feet. Throughout this whole movie, you'll always see the feet of the dead person and exposed to the open air. And then the cop, the African-American cop, was like, mm, I'm, I'm eating a sandwich. It was so funny. But I like that it, like he saw it on the news. Like they broadcast that. Yes. As news. It's news. Someone got murdered. I wish there was a streaming news channel of all fictitious news. Like every time someone comes in and turns on the news and they hear about their and other news, a local robbery has gone awry. All the movies. Yeah, like, that would be pretty cool. Coming up next, you know, asteroid hits the Earth. <laughs> yeah, that would be really funny. Because they always Actually, like turn on the news. That's I complain exactly about exactly their story. Click, it's on. Yeah, they turn it off before it's over. Now we're in the 21st century where people don't really turn on the news. I mean, it's on streaming site, live sites. You could, right. you know, you could get it on a digital antenna, but no one like. So in 2020, they'll turn on the TV. You don't turn on the TV in 2020, no. or they'll be looking at a TV now, broadcast wait, 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 on a wait, wait. laptop. Hold on, hold on. He's now having a dream in which his girlfriend is getting fucked by the vagrant. See? Because he let her in. Now, so the film is getting him obsessed. Uh, turn the sound on. Oh, too late. That was his dream? That was his dream. He wakes up and there's no girlfriend beside him. What's going on? He needs to see a therapist, dude. Absolutely. Yeah, or meet meet friends. Uh, look, somebody clipped his glasses. Nice. Now look, she, this is pretty funny. She's saying like, "I'm behind you a hundred percent. I think you're a terrific person. You're gonna be do great, and with the right kind of support and understanding, you're really gonna pull yourself together." Then the taxi drives her away. That's pretty funny. Yeah. That's like every 70s movie. Then she left me. Right. Good luck. Oh, then she's in the cab herself. Great. This guy's a great director. I guess, yes, but he never did it again. I don't he know. went from a close up that you don't recognize he's in the back seat, right? And it's on a crane. He pulls out, he's like going up like the whole street you see now as the car goes away. It's a great that shot. Definitely a crane shot. Maybe there's like a, it's a little stiff, the movie. So now, the f okay, remember you saw the vagrant in real life and other people witnessed him too. There's no way he's fake. Right, of course. Okay. In this scene, he's thinking that he is fake and he's really the vagrant and he's going crazy. He killed the woman. Oh, Chuck, forget about him. I haven't seen him since that day he gave him the sandwich. It's me. It's me. I'm 
That bum was the screen I projected my own unacceptable desires. He's thinking that he killed that woman. Anyone could have killed her. Anyone, Chuck. You? This is a really awkward timber, uh, Tinder date, a grinder date. <laughs> the most I'm gonna get going. Oh, that tree's look at this. It's centered. The tree's centered. God, this guy's a really yeah. That's right. Yeah. The tree's centered. Maybe it's a little. Uh, American Psycho, Christian Bale. Now I think Jimmy Olsen's taking this very well. Jimmy Olsen's grown up and like there are any fancy restaurants. Yeah, that's right. He's not a news, yeah, a whiz kid anymore. Okay, he's not a crackerjack. Yeah. Okay, so what's what's going on here? Um, so what I was trying to tell you in the film, what's going on here is he's starting to think he's crazy, and he's you saw the vagrant in real life, but yet. There is this whole narrative side in which he is a crazy person and he's doing the killings, but he never does. You, you mean like the audience as an audience member? I, I've seen like it interact as a real. It isn't like Fight Club, right? It isn't like Fight Club, but throughout Fight Club, you didn't get it until very deep in the film, right? So if you haven't seen Fight Club, fuck you. <laughs> Listen, if you haven't seen Fight Club, don't, you know, the first rule, the second rule is you don't talk. Like, I, I, I remember on uh, September 12, 2011, I was at a video store. This guy was renting, uh, uh, Fight Club. yeah, Fight Club. And it's like, do you want to watch that? Like, yeah, he's like, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, like, I didn't ask him, but. No, but the thing is, you don't talk about Fight Club. So listen, right. if you want to see that film, go ahead and stream, you know. I don't want to say anything about the rules, but the first rule. <laughs> you don't talk about Fight Club. Have you have you read the comic book sequel? The author uh, no, wrote a Mike, sequel. Mike, you don't talk about Fight Club. Gotcha, gotcha. So this guy wrote this book called Fight Club, and it was about mm -hmm. this Fight Club where you don't talk about Fight Club. And people were like, this Fight Club would make a great Fight Club movie. We should call it Fight Club. You know, what's funny is on my bookcase right now is Fight Club. And if it was close enough, I would go Wank! and just pull it out. <laughs> blow you oh. away. Aren't you a little nervous he's watching that movie? Taking notes? Okay, so now he wakes up like his alarm didn't go off. And it's one of those like, oh, shit, I'm late for work. You know, I'm going to get fired kind of moments. Yeah, he just got a promotion. So he's going to try to get his way to the office, but everything will distract him and stop him from getting there. Like he, the he, vagrant. Why is he crashing at uh, SpongeBob SquarePants' house? <laughs> is that where he is? Yeah, well, he smells the something. Something smells bad. Smells like a pineapple under the sea. Oh, go in the basement. Good, good one. Well, he's a, he's a home. He's a basement homeowner. He owns the basement. Dude, uh, you put you tie the door to the wall to make sure no one closes it. Now, I got a little Mel Brooks quote here that comes out of the mu the guy who did the music. Christopher Young did the music. He's getting an interview 
for a book called Scored to Death, which is funny. And okay, talking about this film, it's not quite like anything else I else and certainly nothing I had done before. There have been moments in some scores that I've blah, 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 blah. Later, he mentions the inputs of the producer, Mel Brooks. I think one of my best compliments I ever got was from Mel Brooks himself, who said, before your music was added to the movie, I wasn't exactly sure what kind of movie it was, but the music helped define the film. Oh, that's good. Well, we're not listening to the music. Here, I'll, uh, oh, let's turn on the music. There we go. Yeah, pretty cool. Is it? Yeah, I mean, I like the theme song. It's, it's a little. Jangly. You think it's a little annoying? Here, turn it off. I'll put on my audio. It goes. Okay, <laughs> it sounds like um, uh, breathing, like a guy right. who's scared. And that's that's good about it. <clears throat> I guess, but it, more than ten seconds of it's kind of annoying. Here, I'll put yeah. it on the audio. Why you gotta be so rude? Don't you know I'm human too? I'm gonna bury her anyway. Bury, bury that, that girl. girl. Okay, I'm looking at Wikipedia list look, of Mel wait, Brooks. Wait, look, uh, chocolate. It's the fingers. The it's woman lady fingers. Crossed. They're cookies. No, they're lady finger cookies. Now look, the vagrant was down there. But he's uh is he real? I don't know, Mike. Is this like, a dream? Well, there's something that's going to make him very real right now. He leaves, but then he comes back and like gives him a raspberry. Here, I'll turn up the sound. So like yeah, that's that a real world thing. Okay, you know what? What was the last Brooks film movie? What year did it come out? I don't know. Last year, Pause of Fury: The Legend of Hank, which was know. a animated film that had Mel Brooks do a voice. Pretty interesting, I guess. I guess yes. Because he produced his own films, but he did like uh, he Solar Babies. How old is he? Oh, he's in his nineties. Yeah, sounds right. Okay, so now he called the cops because he found the lady's fingers and the vagrant was in the office, and they're saying stuff like they're doubting him. They're like, "You, I'll turn up the sound later." Sure. He goes, "You didn't smell that stink, Krakowski?" Like, of course, it's awful. This movie's so blurry, I can't tell if, if Jimmy Olsen has a cigarette in his mouth or his hand. Maybe, yeah, it's so mushy. Has sunglasses, I guess, in his hand. Yeah, I guess it's sunglasses. So what's really going on here is like doubt, reasonable doubt, like this story, like it doesn't, you you know, you didn't smell that? Now, Jimmy Olsen's defending him going, what do all these things have to do with a vagrant living in his basement and killing the across the street neighbor? He goes, I have something to say, wise guy. And the cop is like, do you, did you ever see this vagrant yourself? And so Jimmy Olsen's like, no, but I believe Graham when he says he did. They do this throughout the film. Okay, this is a security system set on a timer. So that the vagrant doesn't get in. When the sun goes down, the lights go up and music is blaring like somebody's home. You see him there with his gun, and there's more like, I'm crazy kind of things. And the right. vagrant is ne- there trip. touching his gun. 
See this vagrant's hand? He never had a gun before. That gun was right. never introduced in the first act. Right. But the oh. thing is, yeah, see? Yeah. Click it right to his... Nestle it right in there. That's a sick fuck. Uh-oh. But again... Oh. The vagrant that time was a dream. So even though we did all see him as audience members in the real world, interacting with the girlfriend, getting arrested, now in the middle of the film, you'll think that Paxton is having some sort of psychological journey, and that's our movie. It, cha it doesn't change its tone, but it changes. But we'll come back and the vagrant will be real again. It's interesting, this film. Well, you know, it's grounded in the real life that there's a vagrant that goes into his house, but then it's to drag out this movie or, or the duration of the film is him losing his mind with this other fictitious version. Colleen Camp shows up again. Yay! I got your message about selling the house. <laughs> the gate was open. Uh-oh. The whip bandits are in the house. Now she's going to get sexual again. Said, if you let me in, I'll talk to you about how eager I am. <laughs> I'd like to come in and tell her how, you much, how much I'd like to handle your problem. Okay, so now we have a cuckoo crazy sex thing. Oh, that's good. Yeah, a little romance. Break right, up this movie. pants on. This movie, like, it's paper, th it's razor thin, right? Paper thin. I just said paper thin. It's not razor thin. Right. You can't slice it with the garlic, but it is paper thin, the plot. Um, what really had, there's no real uh, evolution. You know he goes and is a vagrant. That's the situation. And it drives well, him crazy. Plot. Yeah, but he, we won't spend the movie in this house. Good. There are plot turns. Uh, the girlfriend's really coming gone. Um, okay, so he wakes up, and where's Colleen Camp? Probably off to another movie. Uh, knowing her career, she's doing great. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess when you're married to the executive producer of blah, 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 film studio. No, that's not fair. She... He was very famous before that. Oh, she's married to an executive? Is it the Brooksville? Yeah. Um, no, it was. Here it is. Colleen Camp. <clears throat> Apocalypse. Minor support. Leading role. The swinging cheerleaders. You know, I think it was. Uh, she, I read an interview with her recently. Paramount. Paramount Studios. Married to an executive of Paramount Studios. Oh, okay. Uh, her television debut was the Dean Martin Show in 65. She had a song on the Billboard charts one day since yesterday. So she started as a, she had a hit song. That's cool. Yeah. And then she did Playboy? Uh, no, I don't think she was, was she actually in Playboy as a no. playmate? Oh, no, I see what you're saying. She in, in Apocalypse Now, that was. Played, that was yeah, a... yeah. I, I, and she was in Meatballs? 
She was in Valley Girl. I don't Valley know who falls yeah. listed. Okay, now the SWAT team shows up. Now, right. this took three days for them to shoot. They shot 1,500 bullets. <laughs> but on screen, it's 10 seconds, the shootout. Oh, wow. Yeah. So this $9.5 million of budget and a lot bullets ate up some of it. I know a lot of money is being spent in this film. And and why was there no box office return? It's so strange. Well, first off, there was eight movie houses when it came out. So it's definitely aimed for video release. You know, or it just was this film that had so obviously we're not gonna make nine million dollars. There's a story. There's gotta be. They dumped it and then they released it on video. I guess you're right, but the thing is usually Box office stats include video and DVD sales and rentals, you know. Right. Okay, all this, 1,500 bullets are being shot. It's 10 seconds of screen time. Pew, 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 pew. But it doesn't look anything different. You know, they other think than... he's the murderer. So here comes Ironside again. I love how they shoot 1,500 bullets to get his attention. <laughs> now right. that I got your attention and you're safe and sound, right, you I came here to talk to you alive about this. Did he piss his pants? <laughs> no. This copy. Terrible copy. Now, Colleen Camp, they've now discovered, was murdered. And she was found in the same dumpster as the lady across. I'm not sure about that. But she was found in a dumpster close by. Dumpster adjacent. Yes. Yes. Uh, it was they, in the other dumpster. Right. It wasn't the askew. Uh, uh, right. It was the adwat. So they think he's the murderer. And he's like, no, the vagrant was here. He gave me this note. And we just saw the note a minute ago. And it was written in blood. But now it'll be empty. Look how funny Ironside is in this. Oh, Watch yeah, him. holding the gun, no less. Look at this. He drops it. He's so funny. You think I'm an idiot? Because there's nothing on it. Now, Mike, remember before it's like, is the vagrant real? Is he not real? Krakowski read that note written in blood. We saw it as viewers. You know, as said, I adore you. And now it's blank. So what's the director writer doing here? Is Whoa, he real? This? Is he not real? This is Colleen Camp's head. I know, it's gross. Yeah. I mean, like... This wasn't one of her prouder moments, no. No, I mean, she was great. I mean, none of, people make movies like this all the time. I mean, fucking... No one There's Jimmy Olsen. Yeah. Tell okay. us, tell... So he is now arrested for the murders of the woman across the street and Colleen Camp. You think it's ironic that... Uh, 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 the guy from Daily Planet wasn't Jimmy Olsen wasn't taking any pictures in the corridor. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's his job. I mean, because uh, um, what's his name? Darn my joke! It's too late. Yeah. Who was the Who's the Peter Parker's one? Oh, that was the Bugle, right? James... Daily Bugle. Yes, that's the New I York paper. Said, yeah, I would have said J. Jonah Jameson is going to kill Jimmy Olsen for. Ah, uh, it's too late. It's too late. Okay, so now we're in court, and uh, 
Krakowski's lawyer is just blown away at how good the other lawyer is. It's kind of funny, <laughs> right? That's funny. Yeah. And then they're going to put his mother on the stand and, like, say, did he break this person's arm in 1963? You know, but they were like kids, you know. She goes, yes. No further questions. And that's going to freak her out. Now she's going to have a heart attack. And wait till she hits the floor, Mike. It looks like it hurts so much. She hits herself right on the fucking floor. Watch. Okay. Okay, have a heart attack. Heart attack? Now watch All her right. hit. Ow! Oh. Oh man, that's you could hear it. Yeah, you know what happened. <laughs> that that crack you heard is because Paxton stepped on a crack. <laughs> yeah, you broke your mother's back. Now we'll have it again. It'll be another news story in which we see the body. <laughs> okay, <laughs> or, but no news now, story. There's never. Me. I've never seen this on a news. Anyway, it's a it's a farce. Okay, here we go. Feet's up. Is there a tag on the toe at least? There's no tag, but the mom will fall off the cat. Watch Bill Paxton's face when the mother falls out. Sure. Yes, here comes Right down the stairs. Here's a live news broadcast. <laughs> Wait, look at Bill Paxton's face. I mean, this is Oscar-winning performance. Sure. Yeah, what happened? How come no No expression. Okay, now. The internet brags about the funny fact that there's a wanted poster for the vagrant over the shoulder of the other cop, but our our thing is so bad you can't see it. I tried to see. Oh yeah, top left. Okay, I see wanted. Yeah, I can't read. Oh, right there, Valley. No, it's supposed to be. I don't know though. I freeze framed. I took a screenshot. I put it in Microsoft Word and increased it to like four hundred. <laughs> Yeah, Jeez, that's I, that's research, man. You can't read it. Oh, do not drink that border bottle. That is not Gator. That's not lemonade. Now remember that somebody clipped his glasses. Well, the vagrant's got his glasses, and he's laughing like it's a victory. So the he so the real life vagrant chopped when Paxson was done and asleep. They had sex. It was great. He goes to sleep. Vagrant comes in, kills her dismembers her, right. puts all her body parts into the, the kitchen, disposes of all the blood. Yes. Yeah. So it looks like a regular kitchen except for the, the except for the, the fridge. Yeah, except for the fridge. Now look, they acquitted him. They acquitted him. His mother died on the stand. And they're like, let's let this poor boy go. So the right. jury acquitted him. So now he's on the run. He doesn't live anymore at that house. It's behind him. Oh good, we're out of here. And he's just driving. Now this is still Arizona, and it's still Phoenix, but like in our movie world, he drove right. a long, long way. Maybe so. Instead of going ten miles, he went. He drew. He went one hundred and fifty miles. Right. Yeah, yeah. Something like that. Oh, you're here in outer Phoenix. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're one of those mid city boys. I got to tell you, I went to Phoenix, and it's a dust bowl. It's super hot. Uh, depends on the time of year, of course. Uh, the rest of Arizona was beautiful, but yeah, but Phoenix itself was really gross. It was. The I think I've been to Phoenix. I like Phoenix. I've been to Arizona. Arizona was wonderful, and I'm not, Phoenix didn't suck. I'm just saying it was dusty. Okay, now this is X-Ray, who is blind, and unfortunately, in real life, he'll have a stroke before the movie comes out and die. 
Wow. Great. Did they put a in memory of at the end? Nope. Nope. Because this thing was shot and in the can and going to release. And that's when he. Okay. So Bill Paxton's like, excuse me, sir, but I saw a sign that you're looking for a hotel, a motel manager. And I would like to. This is X-Ray's way of saying, don't fuck with me because I'm blind doesn't mean I'm not going to kill you. <coughs> he just happened to have the gun lying around, Carl, as well, one does. Uh-huh. So right. anyway, he gets the job. He's like, what are you running from? I'm running. F- is it a woman? He goes, yes, yes, it's a woman. He goes, ha, ha, I knew it, I knew it. You know, and now they're going to be friends and he's going to get the job. And this is his new life. In this trailer park, being the manager of a motel. I guess you need a gun working at a motel, you know. So you can't even see it's a dog because the film <laughs> is so bad, but that's a dog. It's no. A... <laughs> it's a giant slug. <laughs> so our movie now no longer takes place at the house at all right. for the rest of the film. But the vagrant's going to show up. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he has moved now to a new life. And how would the vagrant show? But the vagrant will show. This is like day one, and then we're going to see some stuff about it. And then poof, it'll be like day 90. Oh, uh, there you go. Nice cot to sit on. Remember, he was in that corporate world and everything. Now look at him. Oh, it's a memory box. (laughs) I think this is the book that he saw in the beginning. Right on the top of the toilet. Yeah. So, ah, he hit his head. Uh Uh-oh. Who is it? Hi. Hi. I'm a fat girl who is obtainable. This is Patrika Darbo. And you've seen her in a million things, even though she's not exactly famous. She did soap operas, but she was in Troop Beverly Hills, The Burbs, Space Invaders, Gremlins 2. She was in a million things. Babe, House Arrest, Speed 2, Cruise Control. I mean, she's one of those character actors who's been in everything. And uh, during that time period, she's perfect for those roles. I mean, like, I I could... Knowing that she's in them, I could probably guess where she is. Today she's in soap operas. Okay, 2021, The Young and the Restless, five episodes. 2019 to 2020, Days of Our Lives, Last Flash, Reunion, three episodes, TV miniseries. She was in The Bold and the Beautiful for 74 episodes from 2017 to 2018. So as an older person, an aging actress, she's found a niche for herself. And okay. she, in 2000, she won an Emmy for Days of Our Lives. Okay, so, okay, so now the, the woman brought over a cake and did all sorts of stereotypical I'm a chubby person stuff. And, uh, okay, he's dreaming again. But basically, she's now wrangled herself into his life, and she's going to put the period on the end of the sentence in a minute. 
<laughs> but once again, he has the same old dream. Yeah, same dream. That never gets old. That's why I was laughing. With his head. This is total home alone. The world is right. The internet is right, girl. How is it home alone? Uh, someone gets hit in the head with a with a paint can that's happening. Well, I, to no, no, no. That was a trap, right? That was an intentional. Wasn't but, 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 you know, have you ever hit your head on a uh, paint can tied okay, to a string? Okay, let me ask you this. He just hit his Painful. head. Is he in his home? Is he in his home? He just hit but his head. Is he if, in his if home? If it hits your back of your head, you'd be like, I have a concussion and I need to lie down. Things are getting heavy. Right? But in Home Alone, it's just like they're slapstick and they don't get oh, I hurt. I see your point. <laughs> oh, look at it. He finally gets into it. Okay. He thinks that he's a murderer and he's crazy. And he just had a dream about the vagrant. He thought he got away from that life, but it's followed him. So he's he's like, help me. Yeah. Just chain me up here. Now, she is going to be a very nice, nice neighbor, Mike. And oh, she is will, a good, good neighbor? I mean, he's handcuffed. Uh-huh. And she, now, I know kids make fun of me because I'm heavy, and I stay inside and watch TV all day, and I cook, and I eat, and sometimes I drink, but let me just turn it up. Right. YouTube is great. It's Stuntcock. That was Bill Pullman's cock. What's that? They used Bill Pullman's cock in that scene. <laughs> so yeah even though it wasn't at night the crooster the rooster crowed so anyway now it's like days you know it's like six months later or something and he's uh -huh. a motel manager and he's basically common law wife with uh chubby oh gosh i'm being so mean to her the character's but... name is dotty okay and um Basically, we're just getting a setup for it's another normal and everything's great in his life. And who should come and fuck it up but the vagrant? The va uh, the vagrant, VA Grant. <laughs> in France, it was released as the vagrant. Was it released? How many French theaters? Eight. No, it how was many francs? Seven. It was Huit. released in Huit Cinema. Which is eight theaters. Welcome to uh, uh, Czechoslovakian history, film history. <laughs> we have another classic, The Vagrant, featuring a great line in, in Hungarian. Now, what can, I, right. can I tell you about this film? I told you I, about I'm just, director. I'm just waiting for the other shoe to drop so we can wrap up this film. Honestly. Oh, yeah? You're already done? No, I'm not done. I'm just waiting. Okay. I'm not waiting for the end. Well, I'm waiting for the, something to happen. Yet. Okay. We're middle second. No, we're late into the second act. We will get right. to a third act very soon. We're progressing along, but it, we're not. It's not. Let me see where we're at here. We're more. Uh, uh, hour four. There's 20, 31 minutes left or something. We got to have our act three very soon. We're deep into act two, sure. and you'll get out of it. When um, you saw the. When you saw Lady in the Van, right? That movie's yeah. text was like a battle of the classes and just, you know, 
uh, a friendship that builds and just this woman yeah. as herself, you know, like it had a lot of layers to it. And it, it wow. was, it was based on like, uh, you know, the farce and the satire came from, you know, this rich guy and this woman living in his house, outside wow. his house in a van. And uh, this movie is more, I don't know. I don't know. Why, do you, why are you talking about that movie? Because it was about a vagrant who lived in this guy's house. She parked her van in his driveway and would live there. What a stretch. These are practically the same films. It is. Well, I, I've said it before I, I even seen this film, so obviously I'm wrong. No, no. This film goes very differently. Right, because we're about to see X-Ray get murdered, okay? So, yeah, this isn't like the woman in the van. Right. Look at him sniffing his linens. Ah, life is good. And now he's gonna about to get, like, an axe in the chest. Do they have any guests at this hotel? None that we see in the film, but, but yes, he... it's very... Look... See the blood on his hand? Yeah. Oh, it looks like toast. And look, there, there's a meat cleaver. So is it that in his head or is it real? It, well, it's, we'll have to wait to see if he wakes up or not. So now he comes out and he says, X-ray. Okay, well, I'll just tell you that he's not right. going to wake up. But the thing is that in this scene, everyone will confront him like he's the murderer. What did you do? I mean, the axe is... But he's like, I yeah. didn't do it. It was him. But then he's like, maybe I did do it. No, Jerry, no, you're a no. madman. I'm not the madman. Get back, get back. I'm not a madman. There's the hotel guest. He's swinging the cleaver. Crazy. Well, I guess it isn't motel. I'm wrong. It's like trailer park manager. Yeah. No, he pulls out the gun that X-Ray had. Oh, hey, that's the rifle from before. No. He took it. He, well, actually, maybe in the film, in the real world, it is the rifle from before. You know, remember when you had a rifle and you moved away and you lived in a trailer park? Yeah. Remember leaving the rifle at your house? Right. I would always have to rifle around for it. <laughs> okay, so now... That chapter of his life in our movie is done, and we're heading into Act 3 literally as he drives down. And basically, this is going to be another psychological torment moment. He's starting to fall asleep. He's swerving away from a car. He's visualizing the old lady. Look, she's got no fingers, see? Yikes. And now Colleen Camp, with her cut neck, will say... There's a house up here, Mr. Krakowski, we should take a look at. It's a two-bedroom, blah, blah, blah. Getting attacked by a Muppet. You see her? Yeah. And look how the director pushes her eye to it with her gross hand, you know, touching it. Okay, so we just saw a vision, right? We know the vagrant's there in the real world, but he's also kind of not. Now, here is the vagrant. Was he in the back seat the whole time? He's for real. I don't know. Is it in Krakowski's head? Is he really for real? You're right. Because you know the other ones were not for realsies. Look at the flippity. Whoa. Flippity. Okay. Yeah, this is all practical effects, folks. Practical don't worry. Effects. As long as the car lands on the tires, everyone's okay. Yeah. I got to have my dad's car back by eight. Oh, yeah, dude. About your dad's car. <laughs> we're doing this film, right? And we have a deadline, okay? So we can't get another car, so. Yeah. Okay, okay so well, now uh, Krakowski's like, now where the fuck am I? 
Yeah, honestly, what happened? Oh, he's still in the car. Okay, he in re for real or for fake? This vagrant, oh. and we'll find out that it's real. Was behind him and put his arms around him, and he rolled off the road, and he's now landed at this like gas station diner parking lot. Just land this car landed right in the parking lot. Yeah, like like uh, National Lampoon's Vacation. He'll like, you know, end up right in the motel. You know, he's about to yeah. crash the car. Okay, you could borrow my car, but I'm going to... Who should come through into the diner but Michael Ironside, you know, the two cops who have been yeah. pursuing Krakowski, who's now on the run. The thing is, he was exonerated, right? So Krakowski's doing this. I mean, Michael Ironside is... He's not there for, like, official reasons, you see? Right. They let Krakowski go, and he's like, this guy's a murderer! He's not getting off the hook! So now, as if he didn't roll down the hill, he's just gassing up his car. Now look how fucked up he is. You know what I mean? Like he's all bent over and hunched and his, he's straining his joints and his fingers. Weird. Now, he looks into the back seat and what does he see? The vagrant's possessions. Okay. He will find a scrapbook, and when he goes through it, our plot will be revealed to us that this okay. guy, the vagrant, is a social scientist who was disgraced for his awful experiments, and Bill Paxton is just an experiment of his. Oh. Big reveal. Yeah, this is called the Krakowski file. Professor Dismissed. They, they didn't understand. Oh, no, I, I read it. Charges against the doctor. I knew it. They couldn't make it stick. He got scot-free. Back then, they didn't have the internet. Krakowski. They didn't have the internet back then. You had to get the newspaper clipping, paste it in a scrapbook, and then write your, your comment. Yeah, exactly. But it really is, you know, what else could we do? Murderer arrested. Yeah, um, that's Colleen Camp. Colleen Camp dies. Yeah. So basically, he's now discovered that he is like some sort of social experiment. And look, he's got multiple copies of that book. Which we never read. Did he even read the book? I think that's him. You see his picture oh. there as the author. We never read the book, but we find it. There's a vagrant! Okay, does he, are they going to have a face-to-face? -face? Not yet, but yes, that's coming. Instead, he decides to burn his own possessions and crack out the car. car. That car flipped several times and landed in a parking lot next to a gas station. He puts yeah. gas in it ready to go, and then this yeah. fucker burns it? Yeah. Unbelievable. He's got his heart dead set on destroying that car. Now, look, you know he's gassing up his car while this fire is going. Okay, so he's going into this weird thing called Lost Souls Mine. It's like some tourist attraction. Watch. He, Ironside's thumb gets hurt. Ow! Ah. So they're like, ma'am, we're looking for this car, this station wagon, blue, whatever. And she goes, you mean like the one burning outside? <laughs> they're like, holy shit! 
Perkowski! Now, wow. remember I always say the explosion's too big? It's right. not. It was a gas station. It's not too big. But wouldn't they be a, the glass would break in the restaurant or there'd yes. be smoke? Yes. Okay. Oh, now, oh. Bill Paxton's turned it around. He's not scared anymore. He's going to fucking kill this fucking vagrant. His He's experiment not on the run anymore. He's doing the chasing. Now, this is a we're going to get to the scene now where it's sort of like where the master villain unleashes his plan. He's going to be like, you were a boring fuck before I came along. Now you're interesting. I'll turn it on when it's done. All right. He killed people, though. Yes. As this part of a social experiment. <laughs> if I knew that earlier, I might be more interested in this film because it'll at least be something more than just this. Am I going nuts? Yeah, like open with that guy getting fired. Or just like uh, midway through the movie reveal. 25 minutes into the movie. How about that? 25 okay. minutes into the movie, All you right. reveal it. Then you're, yeah, now now you want to see how it, ha how it unfolds. Yeah, cat and mouse. This right. guy is, yeah. Just like Home Alone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that's what the internet said. Well, that's because of the poster. That's yeah. why they said that. Minor 49er. I got to pick uh, uh bone with you. Ugh. Yeah, uh, walk by the burning car. Right, yeah. In all Ugh. seriousness, really on that set, it must have, you know, that black smoke. It must have been That black smoke. But I doubt that was really Michael Ironside. I'm sure it was some stunt guy. It might have been him. They just do it in one shot. Now, Michael, when the fumes are high. <laughs> okay, now I'm not your guinea pig anymore. Are you listening to me? And now we're going to get the big confrontation scene, and I'll turn it up. Okay. Your theories aren't worth a damn. This is really in Phoenix, probably. It's some real local attraction. Right, yeah. And it must have been like a gas station that had a roadside attraction like that. Look at the iguana fell on him. You can't see it very well from the blotchiness of this print, <laughs> but... It's Stacey uh, Keats from uh, Nice Dreams. Right! Which was earlier, so that makes sense time-wise. Finally. Yeah, you have a nice... This is like... Uh, the, the segment's a little long. It's kind of time killy, but well, Lady of Shanghai, right? Where they they go through the funhouse at the end uh, in Playland in San Francisco. They they go to the amusement park. The ending, the climax in the amusement park. Did I see it, Lady of Shanghai? Yeah. Okay, I'm writing it. Yeah, what it's year a great... or you don't know? Uh, thirties. Nineteen thirties. Or forties. Or forties. Okay. Okay, oh, now Ironside and Bad Cop somehow figured out he's in the well of uh, the something of souls. What was it? the mine of souls? Lost souls. Mine of lost souls. I never figured out through my watching how it is they saw him go in there. They never did. But anyway, they follow him in somehow. They're making a racket in there, and it's the only other place next door. That's true. 
Jesus, they have like six Coke machines inside this mine. <laughs> I you gotta get thirsty. The same Coke machine we walked past. No, we saw it from a different angle. No, it was a different logo. Okay. No Coke Pepsi. No Coke Pepsi. Hi. Exit through the uh, gift shop. Yeah, exit through the gift shop because we're going to try to sh sell you pickaxes. <laughs> right? Made of plastic and fake bumper stickers, jerky. All I got was this lousy t shirt. <laughs> Turn around. Come on, let's go film. Let's get to I the. No, really. Yeah. All right, well, let me pitch this because he, I'm going to say to the left. He looks to the right. He's looking to the left again. Look, he's creeping the hall again. It's tension. When will this film end? Yeah, I, I could do with a little ninchin. Just a little less tension here. <laughs> yeah, ancient. Uh, grind your gears, isn't it, Carl? <laughs> Look at Oh, no, this. it's the Rube Goldberg machine like we saw in the first half of the movie. Just like... Ah, okay. Here we go. Confrontation. Vagrant versus Paxton. Go fight. Weird. Weird. Yeah. What's a soul mine? I don't get it. Boring friends, boring job, boring clothes, boring little bitch girlfriend. Now you can think for yourself. He's freedom. He's gonna get arrested. See, I made you interesting. I made you, you know, you own your own life now. They don't own you. You're a celebrity for murdering people. Oh, I saw this in Ringling Brothers. There. A big confrontation. He's just going to kill him then. It's a lousy science experiment where you kill your subject matter at the end. Well, I guess the, the creation is killed by the, the creation kills the creator. Right. Then the murderer E becomes the murderer. But is he dead, Mike? Right? You know this film. But I don't know if the choke E became the choker. <laughs> Look at my webbed hands. Thank you, print. Yeah, I did this scene. Uh, there's an actor. It's like a karaoke for acting. And uh -huh. it, we call it chokey I did that scene. <laughs> you did the choking scene on yeah. choke the other famous choking scene is in the drug juice from Fishburgers. Do you Fish remember? Fishburgers available on YouTube. To death? Yeah. Why do you have a look in your eye? Like you're gonna kill me? Ugh. I drank. I drank the drug juice. So now Michael Ironside thinks that this guy's a murderer. So he's like, "Run away! Why should I run away? So I can shoot you." What doesn't make sense though, Mike, is he was exonerated. But what about the mur murderers? All right, yeah. They let him out of court. He was only exonerated because his mom died of a heart Iron attack. Just before Ironside kills him, he gets stabbed in the heart by the vagrant. Oh, right through. I was wrong. Final last words. <laughs> oh, he shoots his guns while he's at it. Yeah, you know, it's a movie. 
I still love that they shoot 1,500 bullets at him and then only to get his attention so he can talk to them. <laughs> Oop. No, not a Polaroid. Okay, ah. so he did take a Polaroid, okay? And that Polaroid shows the vagrant murdering him, and that will pay off very shortly. <laughs> oh, it'll pay highly. He's murdering him with a sword, uh, pole through his uh, body. Oh, we don't have to listen. They're already done. They just did yeah. a little confrontation. And now he's like, who killed him? And they both go, he did. I can't tell each other apart. You're the vagrant. I'm the vagrant. He's the fake. Yeah. Look at this photo. It's taken a long time. So you know how you had to wait for the Polaroids to develop? Yeah. Yeah, so he's waiting. You know, shake it. He doesn't shake it. So now wow. it's clear. And look, remember he died a minute ago? Now he's back to life. Now he's get he now he has oh. to have really died now. Okay. Are you sure? Yes. And he did get stabbed, shot, fallen off a balcony into a cacti. I'm mad at this movie for this because now the vagrant's dead and thank you. That's it. Oh you know? that's yeah. it. He's dead. He should he should have he should go to prison at the end. That's how it should end. Yeah, it should be like your experiment didn't work, Professor. You should get humiliated. But no, now the movie is essentially over, and we're going to have like 10 minutes of unneeded epilogue. Well, okay, so I'm going to pitch you my version during this 10 minutes of needless okay. epilogue. Okay. So he becomes the uh, scientist, right? Yeah, so okay. play five minutes in the movie, it's revealed what the, the trick is. It's this yeah, yeah, yeah. crazy guy, a disgraced professor Social using him as a human experiment uh, uh, while killing people. So he finally gets his, uh, finally th kills him in the fun house, not on a fucking cactus, right? Okay. Or whatever, but it, you know, that was pretty dramatic. And he but, earns that killing. He yeah. did it. But he also turns into the science. Here we are. Right. Yeah, I gotcha. He becomes a professor. Work. Like he finds his books in the burnt rubble. He has three jobs, right? That's the theme of him. He's a loser, Carl. I'm not amount to anything. I'm a dreamer. I can't decide what I want to be. I'm working here, and now I'm, I'm working at the trailer at the park. Trailer but now park. I'm a professor, and that's what I want to be. But it would be a cat and mouse movie for sure. Like it would wow. be more fun if I knew the vagrant was watching the bigger fuck with him right this film decided to make it like uh, a fear oh. thing and then uh, i'm going crazy thing yeah okay, so he a... turns on the water turns it off but the drip will come back like used to haunt his life and the movie tries to make that like i don't know deep intense you never run away from it yeah you can run if you want but you're always a drip I'm not a drip. I'm a winner. Drip, drip. I'm not a drip. Drip, drip. drip. Shut up. Okay. Thank you. Whoa. That the vagrant. Oh my God, Carl. We did it. Let's dance to this great music. What you yeah. think of this movie, Carl? Um, I mostly liked it. Like you said, we saw a terrible cut. A terrible copy. You shouldn't say cut, but print was terrible. But like you said, it was cinematography great. You yeah. know, it really was. It was well put together. 
and it had all its turning points. It followed all the movie roles until the weird ending, which didn't, you know, it was tacked on or something. I'm sure this guy would kick my ass, this Richard Wright, the guy, if he was here. He goes, fuck you, Spurs, yeah, you don't exactly. have a movie. I'm a Wright for a living. But in my opinion, the ending didn't pay off the way it should have. <laughs> it was tacked on. So you, this little loser says. Well, I mean, this is a psychological thrill ride into a one man's psychosis. It was not what I would like to see, which is that I see both perspectives, all right? Mm -hmm. There's a reveal, and then it's a cat and mouse thing. Uh -huh. And then he catches wind that it's an experiment, and then there's like, give me 15 more minutes of him using that against him. You know what I mean? Like, yes. I think it would have been better, like two minds fighting each other, you know? Sherlock Paxton and Moriarty Vagrant fighting gotcha. each other, you know, going around the, the house as a, as, and it's, a, and I also would, I would make it like a, a real satire or parody, bring up, you know, like classism, like there's a homeless man in your house that you bought. That's the movie, right? He's been there before. You can't yeah, get him out. It's his house and you've moved in. Right. So it would have been, a, you know, a little bit deeper. But that said, the cinematography was great. The direction was really good. It was a little, yeah. I just felt the plot was a little thin. Like, you know, it was yeah. definitely, the music is cool too. And I would definitely, you know, I'm glad I watched it. I definitely yeah. wanted to see it. All right, let's see. Uh-huh. So, polka, Limbo. You need country music. They're trying to tell you. Girl from Uganda instead of Impanima. Oh, wow. All right. Designed well, by Paxton. Okay. Maybe this okay. movie played a lot on cable. I, guess, I don't know. It, 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 there's a story behind it, and I didn't do enough research. Well, being an MTM movie, it will, it, yeah. it will float around. Yeah. All right. I'll well, the Vag Rant. Yeah. Thank you, Mel Brooks, maker of Loose Shoes. Dune. I think the story was uh, he wanted David Lynch to direct because he said, you're a crazy guy. I read that in the Inside Oscars book. Uh-huh. Okay, I'm so we should stop this video, right? There's more on this. Uh... Yeah, okay. So this is one of those weird things on YouTube where it, like, starts, it, like, the film will start again, not at the beginning, like in the middle. We're done. We're done. Okay. All right. I'm going to go ahead and hit circle on my PlayStation 4 controller and end my YouTube experience. All right. Yeah, look at this. Well, uh, I got my own circle. Nice. Yeah, we would love to see photos. Why don't you go ahead and send it to us uh, on our Discord channel? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which or on Mutiny Radio's Discord channel. Yeah. Don't forget to donate to Mutiny Radio. Go to uh, Venmo, and it's at Mutiny Radio. Except uh, no substitutions at Mutiny Radio. And just give a couple bucks, you know, uh, and make sure you subscribe to our podcast or our, our YouTube pod, uh, video. You would see the whole movie, and you don't have to sync up. All right. Well, next week, Carl, I'm really excited. We're going to keep going. Our, we discussed what we were going to do next week. And I, are we doing the public domain movies? I think we can. I think it's yeah. time. I think Wait, it's was time. There one more? There wasn't one more. I think it's time for public domain. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, every year since a couple of years ago during the Trump administration, the public domain law is back in effect. 
you know, no one noticed it, but it's now every year movies become in the public domain. And now movies from 1927 are in the public domain. And we wanted to celebrate it. Movies like Metropolis, which is over two hours. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's, uh, I think, Wings. It might be longer. Wings was the first Academy Award movie. A right. Movie to win I Best Picture. Uh, Paul McCartney, Linda McCartney, Denny Lane. They were really young back in that yeah. movie. They were negative 34 they, years old. Yeah, they thought they were old, right? Yeah. They thought, oh, we're in our 30s now. Well, you know, Thomas Hayden Church was great in that movie, Wings. Mm -hmm. Him and Stephen Weber just played off each other. Yeah, the pilots. Yeah. I think yeah. The okay, let's walk away from this line of jokes. Okay, you don't want to talk about Wings, the TV show? So there's a lot of great movies we'll in 1927, and Carl and I looked through a bunch of lists of films that we would like to watch yeah. uh, and celebrate. We're probably not going to play uh, – and also The Jazz Singer. We're not doing silent movies anymore. 27 started doing talkies. Okay, is that on YouTube? Have other people I don't, done not that? Yet. Not yet. Not yet. I, I think you have to rent and buy The Jazz Singer. Okay, all right. Well, but we saw a Harold Lloyd film we wanted to do. Um. You you tell me what film we're doing because it's not in front of me. Uh, I oh. guess I could look up our text, but I don't I don't think it's in front of me either, to be honest with you. But that's the way. Mike, you just talked up what's our next our, our film next week, and well, now thought... you're like, yeah, I don't really know. <laughs> now here's your great Ukraine joke. That was so funny. Yeah, that wasn't mine. That's what I called a meme. Uh, there's. Ghost in the Noonday Sun. Oh, so, well, we could do that one. No, 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 that's I'm sorry. That's that's for I would like to do that movie later. To be honest with you. Okay. All uh, the film is The Kid Brother. Okay. The Kid Brother. 1927, of course. Yes. Uh, let me see. Hold on. Let's see if we could find it on here. The Kid Brother, Ted Wilde, Harold Lloyd, 1927 complete film. I don't think we have a trailer, of course. Oh, uh, may I? Yes, we have a trailer. Let us. Okay, here we go. Nickelodeon Films, the OG Nickelodeon Films presents for only 1.2 cents. It's Harold Lloyd, our kid brother. Little placard. You know, those, those trailers are in the 20s. They would say, like, great thrills. <laughs> Starring Ted Wilde. Ted Wilde. Harold Lloyd. Well, And Drew uh, Barrymore. Why don't we do this? I, I don't even know if it's on. I have the to... kid brother is right here. The okay. whole film. The channel, I mean... I don't know anything about this channel. I don't know if we like it or not. But this channel is – I can't see. Well, we'll we'll talk about it more next week. We're not actually watching the trailer of it. I guess no. There is no trailer. It's the 20s. Yeah. Okay. All That'll right. Good. Yeah. The Sounds good. Brother, We're looking... 1927. And we'll, we'll talk more about public domain movies that are that are from the year. that, And we will also dig up a, a, a really weird, obscure one. But – we do like the fact that we get to watch Harold Lloyd and, you know, so we'll do it next week. All right. Wow. That's exciting. Carl, thank you so much. Thank you for the research. Thank you for being, 
thank you for having me as a guest on your show. I really yes, appreciate thank it. You, thank you that you put me as a co-host. You called That's me last really an honor. I have to thank the other guests who canceled. Otherwise, uh, <laughs> wouldn't be here tonight. So thank you, guests. Yeah, thank you for making me your, your keep on canceling. Keep on dancing. All right, well, keep your feet on the ground. Keep reaching for the stars. We'll see you next week on LWA, F-L-M-O-Y-T. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegel and, and Carl. Boom, 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 Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Beagleman. It's been over one long year watching movies bad, strange, and weird. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a pattern? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Namaste. Every Monday at 6 p.m., it's Joke Workshop, streaming live on mutinyradio.fm. Lift the veil from your third eye on joke creation and what it takes to be a stand-up comic in the five shakasanas of San Francisco's comedy scene. This all-ages open mic invites comedy. Oh, pre-sign by Venmoing 2 to $5 at Mutiny Radio. Join us live for a small and special audience at the Mutiny Radio studio and gallery performance space, 2781 21st Street at Florida Street in the deep, deep, deep mission. 
every Monday at 6 p.m. Does my ponytail look cool? Thank you. Namaste. Tuesday used to be the most unlikely night for fun. But every week at 6 p.m., come to OMG's Tuesday Open Mic. And see comics work out new material for free. For free. They get your Tuesday night party on with two-for-one well drink specials during the 6 to 8 p.m. show. Check out Eventbrite to reserve your free seat every Tuesday, 6 p.m. At OMG on Savory 6th Street. Savory 6th Street. Show up to go up. watch your favorite John Hughes 80s films through a whole new lens. We'll have the subtitles on and the volume low while a panel of feminists critique these beloved movies that shaped a generation with sexist, classist, homophobic, racist plots and characters, and settings along with a healthy dose of damage property. Hosted by staunch feminist Pam Benjamin at Mutiny Radio, Join us 215 for 16 Candles with Lauren Kraut and Emma Brennan. 3-1, The Breakfast Club with Spencer Devine and Dominic Delgadillo. 315, Pretty in Pink with Nina G and Allison Reynolds. And 328, Some Kind of Wonderful with Mel Michelle. Hey, it's really exciting. We're going to be here 278 121st Street screening John Hughes Films. With you, 6 o'clock, every other Wednesday, Mutiny Radio. Hey, kids. It's your pal, Spiderman. <laughs> Sorry, Spiderman. Mortimer Spiderman. When I'm not swinging through the senior facility, bested Mysterio at Boggle, or getting beautifully plowed by the Rhino, I'm headed down to Mutiny Radio at the corner of 21st and Florida. They got some schlemiels doing the laugh laugh. But hey, don't be a schmuck and donate two to five dollars on, hold, hold on, what is this? Let me get my glasses, the print's too small. Hold on. Venmo? That's not real. What is that, Swedish? You knew that, right? This is in San Francisco. I'll drown it on. It's nap time. The year is 2023. Oh, I wish that laughter had value and the unexpected laugh was priceless. Worry not. True entertainment has brought us a savior in whosthatlive.com. Oh, finally, an escape from the apocalyptic nightmare I live in. You can go to whosthatlive.com and buy comedy tickets. And you're in the raffle, I guess. True, 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 true productions. Weekly comedy at the best neighborhood bar in the city. Join your friends from Mutiny Radio every Thursday at 8 p.m. at the Bar on Dolores at 29th and Dolores. Starting after any very important sports game that might happen to be on, you're guaranteed a night of laughter for free. And when paired with the drink specials and the nicest bartender in San Francisco, it'll become a Thursday ritual. Show up to go out for comics, and please, reserve your free tickets on Eventbrite so we know you're coming to laugh. is when the comedy is the cheapest. Happy hour, the most free 
two hours of hour-long comedy on the radio and internet streaming live at 2781 21st Street. Come down. Be in the audience. Dog-friendly. Dog fri- we are. Mutiny Radio is absolutely dog-friendly. A dog party. Ain't no party like a dog party. <laughs> dog party at Mutiny Radio. Every Friday, dog party at Mutiny Radio. Happy hour. <laughs> 2781 21st Street. Happy hour. Mutiny Radio. Dot FM. Here in Dot SF. Calling all crusties, punks, and poses. Pick your posteriors up off the pavement. Pack up your pins and patches and prepare to party. The Pacific Northwest Vest Fest returns this Saturday only at the SeaTac Expo Center. Whether you're a leather lover or just a denim demon, if you're looking to dress to impress for less, do not stress. You'll find all the best in pre-distressed fest right here at the Pacific Northwest Fest Fest. With over 40 vendors selling countless crossover styles, you'll find the perfect thing for your scene. Metal, thrash, Walmart, high-vis, and everything in between. All in one place. One day only. Unless it's a jacket. If you need a jacket, take your square ass somewhere else. Never pay for fabric you don't need and ditch the sleeves, but save the rest for the Pacific Northwest Fest Fest this Saturday only at SeaTac. Bring a can of PBR, get it half price. Daddy, Daddy, what are we going to do today? At 2 p.m. on a Saturday afternoon? Oh, over there at the parklet in front of Atlas Cafe for Titans of Comedy. That, that's Titans of Comedy. Apparently, they've got great sandwiches, cafe drinks, and even some of my favorite beverages, like beer, wine, and sangria. All the things I drink to forget your mother. My new Uncle Blake says you smell like a brewery. What did I say about interrupting me? Anywho, right here on 20th and Alabama in the Deep Mission, paired with tasty comedy from Bay Area's favorite comics. For free! Every Saturday. Or at least the two Saturdays a month that the court mandates I have to see you. It's sunshine! And even in the drizzle, but not too much. Hey, Daddy, remember after soccer practice when it was raining and you didn't come? I really don't. Anywho. You take it with the freezers. Reservations. Reservations on Eventbrite. Fuck in public schools. <laughs> in a tri-level dual world of stand-up comedy. Laughter has value, and the unexpected laugh is priceless. Who is that live.com? Comedy local shows on sale now. Everyone that purchases a ticket will automatically be entered into a true drawing. Who wants to focus on the genre of stand up comedy and those that. Who's that? Go to whoisthatlive.com for upcoming shows.
Mikey, that song is called Acid and Fapping. San Francisco, Mutiny Radio. San Francisco, Mutiny Radio. Listen to live streaming radio. Or download a podcast and you can listen on the go. Listen to live streaming radio. Or download a podcast and you can listen on the go. San Francisco Mutiny Radio. San Francisco. Let's watch full length movie on YouTube with Michael Spiegelman. Hi. Let's watch this is Carl. movie. I'm Mike's friend on YouTube. I wrote this song. Everybody, welcome to L W A F L M O Y T. That's an acronym. It stands for Let's Watch a Full Length Movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hi, Carl. Whoa, hi. How you doing? Oh, it's hi, Mike I'm Spiegelman and Carl. And oh yes, we have a very special guest. My brother Adam Spiegelman returns to our show. Hi, Adam. Hey, girl. Hey, hey girl. girl. Hey. My brother has one of the best podcasts still in distribution. You can find it at Proudly Resents. A really good cult movie uh, podcast and a big influence on this show. So, hello, welcome back, Adam. Oh, thanks for having me, and uh, good to meet you, Mike. Is it Spiegelman or Spiegelman? It's Spiegelman. <laughs> oh, I okay, would... good. And I'm really Carl... excited to have you. Maybe we won't have a celebrity comedian countdown today. Are we having a celebrity comedian countdown today? Oh, uh, not me. Whatever you want to do, I have right. them in my back pocket. We don't need to do it. We have Adam. Apparently, yeah. I'm neither a celebrity nor a comedian. A comedian. Can you count right. out? I. Sure, from where? It depends from where. Seven. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we we are right now streaming first on mutinyradio.fm. It is the internet radio station based in San Francisco and broadcasts around the world. So, hello world. Get our podcast, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. That's why we say the acronym up front. Find the podcast and at your leisure, listen to the podcast and watch the movie at the same time. Maybe you're even lazier. We have a YouTube channel, Carl. Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Moderates. Thanks. And uh, he actually syncs the movie with the podcast, so you don't I'm have to curator. do that extra step. And you can watch it anytime at LWA. At your leisure, leisure, not leisure. At your leisure. That word is so banal. <laughs> <laughs> Did I pronounce that word right? Uh, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-I-T is our YouTube channel. So we want you to like someone and smash them. Not not anything related. Carl, what is the movie we're watching this week? We will watch this week. We're watching Brooke Shields again. It's our third movie. Brenda Starr. Okay, Brenda Starr, 1989. That's what you put in the YouTube search engine. Brenda, you know how to spell that. Stars with two R's, 1989. And then it goes on to say what? It says Brooke Shields and um, 
Timothy but Dalton. anyway, you will find the channel that is gamer. Something gamer. That's your channel. It's I R S Y A D. Syad Ur Syad Gamer is the channel we like. Brenda Star, two R's, nineteen eighty nine. All right, sounds good. Let's take it from Carl. Go find Brenda Star, nineteen eighty nine. That's the one with Brooke Shields. Loretta Dad Think Gamer is uh, hosting it for us. Find the link. Click it. Hit pause. Move it the timer to zero, zero, zero. And now, without further ado, Carl, take it away. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Celebrity Countdown, this time with Kathleen Wilhoyt. Welcome, Kathleen. So today we're watching Brenda Starr, 1986, and this is why we have you on. You are playing the character Hank O'Hare. This character is very, very masculine, you know? Was that fun for you? How did you feel about it? I mean, you're in a suit and tie, right? Well, I'll just tell you, I was on a roll at the time. I was getting cast in a lot of things. I even looked at an old interview where I actually said the words, getting acting jobs has never been very difficult for me, which <laughs> is so not far from the truth today. <laughs> I, I I was shocked. It was an interview I did for CNN. And, that, and I would say that Brenda Starr was amidst a series of gigs that I just got cast in without auditioning, which to me is the gold star of an acting career. If you don't audition for something, it's just fantastic. I mean, to me, it's the greatest thing in an actor's yeah. life. Like, you, you know, of course, people who don't have to audition for, uh, for jobs, um, just you can see them just bask in the glow of a fabulous life. And I got to experience that for a brief period in my life, and it was fantastic. So I didn't audition for the part of um, Great. Hair. I was cast in it. Um, and I was so, as they say in uh, whatever, full of the beans or whatever, I was so um, just full of myself, I guess. You had a big I don't know. Head. I didn't even read the script. I was just like on a plane flying to Jacksonville, Florida. Yeah. So I'm reading the script and I was like looking for my part. And it was, I was, I couldn't, I kept having to reread like, which part am I? I read the script. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know what part I'm supposed to play. I remember I got off the plane. I called my manager. He said, oh, you're playing Hank. I thought, Hank, I thought that was a, like a dude. I don't know what yeah. happened out of my mind. And then I looked at it in my hotel room. I was like, oh, shit, this is a cartoon movie. So uh, I also have a thing where I can't stand to suck. I can't stand it. Mm -hmm. So I thought, wow, how bizarre that they were like, we got to get Kathleen for this part. But then I just surrendered to it. And I was like, you know what? It's kind of awesome to get to play a cartoon character. It's kind of cool. I did some research on it. And, uh, well, I, actually, at the time, there was no internet. So I guess I didn't do any research on it. The library. Yeah, and I didn't go to the library. But so I just started to try to figure out how to play this role. And I remember I went into 
makeup and hair. And the makeup person was like, we're going to paint freckles on your face. And yeah. costume people were like, we're going to put a pillbox hat on your head. And then you're going to have a hank of hair that curls up on the pillbox hat. And you smoke a cigar all the time. I was like, oh. And so then I developed, I just went and kind of did a crash course, again, not wanting to suck, and developed my character um you know, and the voice, I think I had a voice yeah. in that, hey, you know, Hank O'Hare. And I think I just thought, like, the way to not suck in a cartoon movie is to go broad, be big, own it, don't apologize, and just swan dive into the clown of it all and hope you hope you stick the landing. So that's basically... And you really did. I mean, the clown of it all. Like, uh, like when you're in the hospital scene, uh, like you're you're quirky and you're moving your head around, you're way pronounced and over-exaggerating. So I thought you were only in Jacksonville because half of it was shot in Puerto Rico, but I really don't think you're part of that. You were in you were in the, the press offices of The Flash. Uh, you were in the hospital scene. I think you had a scene on the street, if I recall. Was it a quick shoot for you? Well, how about this? Because this is a sentence I haven't had the privilege of uttering in since then i was doing two movies at the same time i was doing a movie in new orleans called geez i don't remember what it was called but my friend david nydorf was in it and mm -hmm. Jennifer jason lee i can't remember what it was called but i was doing that movie and i was doing brenda star and i was flying between new orleans and jacksonville doing uh -huh. both movies so i was only in jacksonville never went to Puerto Rico, did you say? Yeah, yeah, they I did. I went there. Um, and I don't remember anything about it. Well, <laughs> 1986 was a big year for you. I mean, at least in terms of the releases that came out. I mean, films get shot, of course, before their release. But you had Witchboard. You also had a movie called The Morning After, which we've also done on our podcast. That was with Jeff Bridges and Jane Fonda. But my, your best thing in 1986 is you were starring your handcuff to Charles Bronson in a great film. I don't know if I call it a great film, but it was a Charles yeah. Bronson film. And Charles Bronson is amazing and cool. And, you know, the thing that's embar that embarrasses me about that is, like, it was... Um, it was not a realistic script, obviously. Uh -huh. And I feel like at the time I was in New York doing a play and people would follow me around sort of going, hey, butthole, hey, you know, like doing like those crazy names of the, mm -hmm. the character was supposed to be like a potty mouth, but it was kind of psychotic because it wasn't any kind of name that anyone would ever call anybody. And again, at being a beggar, not a, a chooser what beggars can't be choosers i was happy to have the part and i was happy to work i didn't you know it wasn't i've never gotten to choose the parts that i play um mm -hmm. I, which is really to me the sign of just enormous success yeah and i still look forward to the day when i get to choose the parts i get to play but right office. now and back then i was lucky to get what i could get I got you. Now, you said you didn't really remember the shoot. I was going to ask you if there's any stories or anecdotes about Brenda Starr, uh, maybe something that, you know, 
I mean, well, did you speak with Brooke a lot or you don't yeah. recall a thing about it or? No, I do. I do. I mean, Brooke is my age, right? She's, I think probably we were born at the, uh, in, in within like two or three years of each other. So at the time we were both in our twenties. Yeah. Um, and I remember seeing her at the hotel and her beauty was otherworldly. Like yeah. I remember going, oh, that's that's a different kind of pretty than I've <laughs> ever seen in my life. Because her face, she's tall, uh, and she was super famous at the time. Yeah, but it was still Going to like remarkable. She was remarkably beautiful, and I thought to myself, I remember consciously thinking to myself, that chick would not be able to have a normal career in some small town in the United States because mm -hmm. her looks were exceptional and uh and then her mother was also a big big character in the cast and crew she had a big presence her mother was kind of body and she and Brooke had a very very close uh, relationship and there was a lot of I remember people being a little intimidated by her mother. Mm -hmm. um, her mother kind of uh, inserted herself in a lot of the decision-making uh, decision-making in the production of the film. And I think at the time, and this is vague, of course, but I think that was really at, at, a, at the beginning of when Brooke was starting to want to take more control of her own career and life mm -hmm. at that time. She was in a, probably in her early 20s, I would suspect. Like, yeah, so she was, was like 20, right. 21. Well, I know that she was in college at the time, and we graduate, what, 22, I think, is when you graduate. Yeah. So it must be a young 20. And that's also the time in which you look at your parents and start to rebel. But her mother was a big part of this film even getting made. I mean, she pursued the director, and she was the one who pulled the people together to do the financing and everything. So oh. it makes sense that she's, like, large and in charge like that. Yeah, very much so. And, you know, they, she's in the lobby and gesticulating. But I, I found her to be, love, you know, funny. She was always nice to me. Uh -huh. I had no, you know, who am I? I'm just, a, you know, an actress in the thing. And and um, um, Brooke had, like, an assistant. She had, like, two people around her that were our age that were her good friends as well, uh -huh. like assistants or something that she hung out with but I was also going through my own kind of self-destructive you know phase of life I don't know if I was probably the most professional <laughs> yourself mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. yeah but I I can tell you that when I look back at that time because I had such an abundance of opportunities kind of it felt like the Brinks truck back up and dump <laughs> money into my backyard and now again i say this because that's not my life today and it today. wasn't my life like in my 30s you know i've had to work really hard and i'm grateful for any job i get now and but at that time i got to experience my little 15 minutes and it was i loved i had a blast and i was simultaneously uh self-destructing in a, a kind of pathetic 
way, you know, drinking a lot and doing whatever uh, destructive stuff I could, I think maybe I could not really handle my good fortune and felt mm -hmm. unworthy inside. Like if they really get to know me, if they really, they'll see I'm an untalented kind of ding dong student. Oh, wow. I mean, it's just so sad. Yeah. I think of myself because now I'm like, oh, that's crazy. Why would you ever do that? But at the time, you know, I just, I, you know, look, we all go through our phases. Yes. Did you, yes. Did you have a phase like that? I mean, yes. You know, We've all been young, you know, yeah. and we don't have our perspective. And right. I can imagine being young and getting all this uh, success thrust upon you. And uh, you're kind of like navigating it yourself and, and there are new experiences. So I could absolutely see you like making or, or whomever uh, making choices that you wouldn't make today with a much more, you know, you know, you were kind of saying today, I think you're really working a lot today. I mean, what you what you have CSI Vegas is that's oh yeah I did I did yeah. yeah I did that season that killed me oops nope oh, don't spoil right I know right <laughs> I did that season and I had a ball that was great I got to work with Marga Helgenberger and I've worked with her before so it was fun to see her again um but you're I mean I feel really good about my life it's just that um uh I, I don't know. I have a lot of joy in my life. I guess, you know, you have to go through things in order to get where you are. And today yeah. I mean, I'm a mother of three, three grown children, you know, they're all doing well. I'm proud of them all. Great. I'm happily married. I love hiking in the mountains with my dogs. I love my friends. I love Southern California. So, I mean, you know, like my story has what I perceive to be a, pretty solid happily ever after I even tell my students because i also teach mm -hmm. arts and also i'm teaching at ucsb this next semester but i tell them listen if i get hit by a stray bullet someday every one of you should know that i had a good run because i did i've had a lot of fun in my life it's been and, and it's ongoing i mean you were yeah. just in yellowstone uh you yes. did seven episodes of that cartoon that uh summer camp island i think oh that yeah yeah that's sense. fun yeah and you know i never got to see but i got i guess i could say that i've worked with um who is the guy who played my husband he's like a famous english yeah. actor I yeah and i could just say like him. oh i've worked with that guy you know that's yeah. cool in the virtual way, right? Yeah, I never got to meet him, but you know he sure is good. I saw him in Red, this play about Rothko, Philip Roth. Philip so I understand that you auditioned for Phoebe on Friends, right? Oh, that's the um, yeah, yeah, I did. That would have been great, right? That was um, I tell that to my students when I talk about uh, auditioning. Um, I went to the network, which is like the final stage of the auditions, and it was me, Pam Avalon, and the chick who's Phoebe. What's her name? Yeah. The um, I, don't know. I know her as Phoebe, and every time I see her in another movie, I think, oh, Phoebe's branching out. I know. I can't Who believe I can't remember her name. She's just obscenely famous and, and successful mm -hmm. and delightful, and everyone loves her. Anyway, she was there. And uh, I I was going to do like a whole, I had dyed black hair at the time, a lot of black eyeliner. I wore uh -huh. like black, I was going to do like a whole uh, Chrissy Hines kind of 
Ding Dong. You know, oh, the character was supposed to be kind of, but she did like a hippie thing. Anyway, rejection's God's protection, uh, you know. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a second or third place situation. And <laughs> you know, well, who knows uh, how my life would have changed if I had. It would have. Yes, absolutely. You know, it would have. Yeah. So, um. Uh, last Brenda Star question. I kind of don't think it was on your radar, the release, but there was years and years of waiting for this thing to release. Were you ever, I'm sure that you were moving on to other acting parts at that point and you weren't sitting there going, when is Brenda Star coming out? Did you have any, did it ever cross your mind? When is this movie going to release? Good question. I will tell you that one of the things that I love about acting is the actual acting part, ah, the actual okay. sending and receiving and doing the thing and cut and makeup and hair and creating the characters. The thing that I'm not as much a fan of is the release, the uh, screenings, the interviews, the post, yeah, post acting stuff. That stuff makes me, uh, I'm not comfortable with that. So the answer to your question is because I I have never been thrilled about the opening of a movie, nor have I ever carried a movie outside of Murphy's Law. But even then, that was such a Charles Bronson was such a strong draw and presence. It's not like they were like it's the Kathleen Wilson <laughs> no. yeah. Charles Bronson movie, and right. so. Um, I could tell you that I don't have a consciousness. I don't care. I didn't care when it was released. I didn't, I, I like, I don't even watch. I'm also one of those actors. I don't like to watch my stuff. I never saw oh, it. Oh, you're I one of those. It. Really? I don't watch it because I see like a chin on a butt floating around a screen, like in a voice. Yeah. I can't see myself with any kind of, I mean, I sometimes I will. Like I told you, I ended up watching I don't know how I got onto it, but that CNN interview of when I was in my 20s saying like, I've never oh. really had to work hard for an acting gig. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God, what? But it was true at the time. It was true, it was at, the true at the time. I can mm -hmm. tell you for that little tiny window and I had a record deal and I was doing cartoon and movie. Yeah. I had a really good manager back then who I didn't treat very well and who, really provided me with a lot of opportunities a, a man named alan summers and he um probably the one of many foolish moves i made in uh, retrospect in my acting career was firing him so yeah yeah i got you and we will all have the you know you would want to go back and, well i don't know that you'd want to go back and change stuff because you turned out great you know well yeah we were describing things you know Right. So it did work out, I have to say. But absolutely. Is, I do have a few things of like, oh, <laughs> really? Did you do that? You know? Yeah. I, I, I guess we all do, and everybody does. Yes, but. it's really true. So I, we're about to do this countdown and watch this film together, but I still have one last thing. I would like to see your eyes. I hear that they're different colored. Can you show me this? More human, right? Oh, there we go. So, does that do you, how do you feel about having different colored eyes? I'm sure nowadays it doesn't even cross your mind, but I mean, in the past, you must have thought, what's? Did you feel like it was strange? I mean, it must have been 
It's attractive in a way. It's different. It's quirky. I never, you know, I just make jokes. I'm the girl with kaleidoscope eyes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nah, that doesn't have, you know. And a lot of times I'll tell people, I got two different colored eyes, and they look at me and they say, no, you don't. Well, like, I've been trying to see it throughout the whole interview. I had to get up close, you know. Yeah, it's like one is brown and green and one's green and brown. So. Well, that's very unique. It's very, <laughs> you know, it's it's neat. <laughs> Okay, now, All right. now? Wait. we everybody at home is poised to press play at the same time we do here in the studio. So everybody's queued up and ready to go. So why don't you go ahead, Kathleen Wilhoyt, and give us that celebrity countdown. Three, two, one, go! All right. Thank you, Celebrity Comedian Countdown, for that, that Celebrity Comedian Countdown. Oh, worst president ever. The triumph? Oh, it's a triumph. Sorry. Do you I mean see Truman? Trump's name everywhere. Because he will be in this film. The worst president ever, Truman, Harry S. Truman, will be in this film. But now that we've got Trump, is it really true anymore? He's not the worst. Right. Sure. Maybe there'll be another worst president. We'll have to wait. Brenda Starr, the cartoon show, the comic strip. I can't believe right you guys now. made comic strips political. This is a comic strip that was in, um, well, oh, it was out of the Jeffrey Chicago Tribune. I'm out of here. You guys remember this from growing up, right? In the Sunday Funnies? Can I just Star Ledger? This? I, I, I'm not that smart. Like, I, I couldn't follow the, it's only three panels a day. <laughs> Nothing really happened, and and you don't read it every day, and you don't know. I always got lost, so you can really she was fall cute. If you had like a tiny little nose, and I'd read. That. I'm always like, look out behind you, Mary Worth. <laughs> nope. yeah, I can't Mary tell them Worth. apart. Look out, Rex Harrington. Timothy was Dalton like... was in this movie. Yeah, he had a career. A I mean, did, like, did you know it, he existed before James Bond? I knew he was in this movie. Well, he was in Flash Gordon, wasn't he? Yes. yes, he was. Yes. yes, he was like a famous British actor. So this is cute. Like comic book movies before Marvel, they really didn't know how to do them. So they always have to show the art itself, yeah, the like drawing, right? The drawing because it's a comic book movie based on a comic book. Bob Mackie, nice. Well, he really oh. is involved in his mouth. <laughs> look at that. I know old, what's up with that? Um, look at that oh. old style, oh. you know, pencil sharpener. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Old-timey coffee, Rostin. Now, Timothy oh, Dalton start, started in The Lion in Winter, one of my favorite films. You guys you know were, that. Yeah, film. we talked about that film. He was the king of France. Come to visit. The, 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 car, the cartoon, the comic strip, he, the character he plays has a patch on his eye. So it's like yep. one of those movie magic to see the actual character in real life, even though he looks, you know, goofy. Right, he plays Basil St. John, who was always a mysterious figure in the um, cartoon, in the com you know, comic strip uh, of Brenda Starr. Brenda Starr was a reporter, and that would take her on lots and lots of adventures. Now, the woman who writes for Brenda Starr used to get letters from reporters saying, this is bullshit, my <laughs> life is not like this at all. And she, she was like, that's why you're not in a comic strip. Right. Yeah, let's do a comic strip about you trying to pay your taxes. Now and, we've uh, got the, 
sound on mute, which is a big mistake because Mike always has the sound up. And what he's doing is he's insulting Brenda Starr. You see, he's taken this job. Oh, now you turn it on. He's taken this job because he needs to pay the bills. He's not a Brenda Starr fan, so he chastises her and insults her while he's drawing her. And she's fed up. Is she going to come to life in this panel? No. In this panel? Here she goes, coming to life. All right. What Brenda should wear. Look, it's the actual cartoonist. Dim. Oh, it is? I forget the name of the cartoonist, but that was the signature. Well, the cartoonist, you might know it's Dale, but it's Dahlia Messick. 